Games All. Welcome back once again to the Winning Edge podcast. My name's Mark Haywood, and today we've got another special guest, Dan Kelly. Uh, Dan's been into racing since he was very young, and then basically spent his entire professional life around punting or, or bookmaking of some kind. And he's now betting on his own for a living, but he's a little bit different in that he's identified a, a real niche in terms of the racing that he's successful on, and he focuses only on that. And it's a really good reminder that there's a lot of different ways to skin the cat when it comes to racing in the punt, so let's hear about the approach that Dan takes. So my guest today is pro punter Dan Kelly. Thanks for joining us, Dan. Yeah, thanks for inviting me on, Mark. Yeah, not a problem. Um, yeah, someone uh, who's a punter, which is always an interesting uh, guest, but you probably have a, a bit of a different focus to a lot of people. Did you just want to tell us a bit about yourself and, um, I guess, what you do and um, very quickly, I guess, how you got into it? Yeah, mate. So um, I'm sort of early 40s. I'm based in Melbourne. Um, I've been punting on my own for about five years and had a pretty good sort of base before that. I um, sort of been sort of 20 years in, say, wagering and gambling. I they started 20 years ago at, at Crown Casino as a, as a dealer and I put my way up to a supervisor there in the mahogany room. And then and whilst there, I sort of got a gig on with on-course bookmakers in Melbourne and uh, sort of had sort of five or six years doing that as well. And and then I sort of from there I sort of went into the sort of corporate bookmaking world through with with Mark Reed and then on to Sportsbet and then. In 2013, for the last that was for about five years as well, and then for the last five years or so, I've sort of been out of my own. So, sort of sort of 20 year background, and um, yeah, so hopefully, uh, hopefully I can keep doing this for a fair while. Into racing from a younger age, or I was, mate. Yeah, I was sort of I was born, as you know, many people are. I was sort of I was born with it in my blood. But um, my dad was a racing racing man, owner, breeder, sort of racing administrator. Um, he was sort of on the on the committee of the local race clubs. I was sort of brought up with it. And now north of Melbourne and uh, Woodend and Kyneton area, and uh, Dad was sort of on the committee and the president up there, and I couldn't get enough of it, mate. I I um, I'd go with him to the races at every chance I could. Um, be around. We had horses around the paddocks at home. Um, go to the races. Go to track work with him. He had horses trained at Kyneton. Um, go to the races with him. He'd go to the committee room and leave me to my own devices on the track, and it was just I just loved it, mate. I, but the one thing I was drawn to was the, was the betting ring and. Um, I used to love standing there watching the punters bed and and things like that. But um, funnily enough, though, my well, I'm, I'm the oldest of five and I'm the only one who got the bug. So I'd, yeah. I'd say I got five doses. I got five doses of it. You know, um, <laughs> none of my other siblings are really didn't really have much interest at all. So yeah, so I was sort of born into it. And um, yeah, all just just reflecting actually last night, I had some just a lot of wonderful memories as a kid at the races and hanging rock races was another one. You know, I used to sell heralds there as a kid. It was was huge when I was a kid hanging rock races. Yeah. Um, and then from there, I sort of I guess got sent off to boarding school to Assumption College, which was um, a great sort of sporting school and everything. And then so a lot of kids there, we all loved footy and cricket, but a lot of kids loved racing as well. And I uh, sort of played SP bookie from a, in the dormitory and that. Yeah. Um, so that was early. I was always listening to races and things. And then, um, yeah, then came to Melbourne and I was lucky to land at Caulfield Footy Club to play footy. And uh, obviously there, there's a you know, great good footy club, but a lot of racing people around there and sort of through those contacts there I um I got um I got into work for the my first sort of into the on course bookmaking which was when I was before the first go into horse racing wagering. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, so it's always, as a punter for you, it's always been racing? You've never been into sport or anything else? Never, mate. No, never. No, it's um, no, it's always been racing just ever, ever since I can remember. Like, I used to work for Dad. At the lo- he had the local hardware store, produce store, and on a Saturday morning I'd get my 20 bucks and, yep. like I said, be off to the races with him and have me $2 and $3 on things when I was very little, you know. Well, not that little, but, you know, yeah. 10 or 12. And, you know, it started bit but always, yeah, always horse racing, even the dogs and trots and things like that really... No, nothing. It's always been the racing mode. I've never, never had any any interest in anything else. Yeah, and you're a yeah. you're a born and bred Victorian, as you said. Have you always focused on Victorian racing or spread yourself yeah. a bit wider? Yeah, yeah, always been Victorian racing. Um, when I when I got to uh, work for the Encore's bookmaker, the, the guy I got got the gig with was uh, Anthony Dowdy, who's still a still a leading rails bookmaker. And the beauty of getting a, a gig with him was he was a he was a form bookie, mm. and um, so I was able to um, just just observe things, and then I used to work with him on the ground and that. And he'd, we'd be at Flemington on the rails on a Saturday, yep. and he'd say, "Dan, uh, just have a flick the Mowie screen on, will you? What price is number two at Mowie?" And I'd say, oh, "It's two fifty. He said, "Go and put four thousand on it or something like that." Yeah. And I do, and and they, and they'd win. They'd win all the time. These things, and they're always in maidens and things like that. So um, he he got the video. He was getting the videos on on VHS from a from a contact, and so I just asked him, "I'll give him a mind. Let me know who it is." I might start buying those videos and yep and then i just um yes yeah, just started looking for different things unlucky runners and wide runners and things like that and started pickling away and and just sort of looking to watching what he did and then and doing the same and just started betting in maids and that's just I've, i had success at it and it's just carried carried through to the day it's sort of the still one thing i sort of focus on yeah i was i was interested in that so you're you actually focus in terms of your betting almost exclusively on on maidens um how exactly did you did you come to, um, to to do that? Yeah, it was basically through what I just said. Then with through mm. watching Anthony's success at it, yep. and then it was just um, yeah. So I just I just felt I just had a when I when I did the videos and things, I just had that bit of success early at doing the maidens, and I didn't want to do eight races a day and um, every day, and sort of the maidens is only two or three to do every day, and it keeps you involved, and I just had you can sort of. Eliminate a lot of the field and, you know, focus on the three or four chances and I like the, the rapid improving sort of aspect of the maidens too. They're lightly raced and so I had a bit of success at that early and then, yep. um, once I left, once I left, um, when, when I got my gig with Mark Reed in 2008, mm. um, I, I originally did Hong Kong video comments was my first job there, but I quickly moved into the, into the trading and I was sort of on the Victorian provincial trading there as a junior. Yep, and then learnt the art of form analysis and ratings and all that there. And then by the time 2013, by the time I left, I'd, I'd sort of worked my way up to the senior Victorian trader trading, you know, spring carnival meetings and things like that. So, yep. Um, and when I decided to leave, I just thought, well, what, what, what am I going to do? What am I going to bet on? And I just thought, oh, I'll just, I'll go back to doing the maidens and just see how I go. And um, yeah, that was in 2013, and here we're still here five years later, and ticking along okay. So, um. But um, yeah, but just I, you know, it's that pro, just not getting to know that pool of horses. I think's my edge. Um, yeah. So that's what I focus on. So in the, I guess in the end, there at, at, at Sportsbet, you were you were doing all Victorian racing. But um, yeah, you've come back to maybe what you know best in terms of the maidens. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, it's a different it's a different kettle of fish, sort of being at home by yourself and not having the infrastructure or the mm. or the um, you know the, the smart punters to the early the money to follow, which is all part of the, the trading. At, um, at Sportsbet and on IAS, but um, 
yeah, so I just sort of came back and just started doing my video comments, which is something I've always done, and just had yeah, got off to a good start, which I was which I was lucky to, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, so just basically I've, st- I've stuck to it, just you know, tempted to spread my wings a little bit at times, but um, but I still you know still it's a must-win situation when you're sort of um, yeah you're betting at home and things like that, so you've really got to be you know focus on what you're good at, sort of thing, you know. Just looking, I guess your your form approach. Uh, is there anything in particular that you're heav- heavily relying on, such as, I guess, video analysis, or, or I- well, is it sort of a bit more of a a whole approach? It's a, it is a holistic approach, but the the core of it is the video analysis. Um, mm. That's always been a strength of mine. When I, as I said, when I when I first arrived at Mark Reed and got my an analyst role there in 2008, he just brought out um, a, a a betting group called Fern Court from South Australia. Some people might know them. I think they were the Manuel Brothers and a few other people, and they were very successful. And Mark had, uh, you know, tried to buy them out, and he got all their um, IP and everything across. And and he sat down and he said, "Look, I've just bought this company, and I want you to do Hong Kong video comments, and this is what I want you to do." And they were all the all the codes that Ferncourt had used and come up with, and things like that. So mm-hmm. I had sort of six months there of um, doing twelve race cards at Hong Kong, just punching in those video comments, yeah. and got really obviously got a really good core. Um, grasp of it and everything like that, and so um, that sort of you know stuck with me. And and then as in, when I when I left in 2013, I, I just started handwriting them. Actually, when when, yep. I, when I left, and then obviously got the databases. But yeah, so there I, I video comment you know every every maiden in Victoria, every yep. horse within getting beaten beaten within five or six links, and I feel like it gives me a really good grasp of you know the characteristics and their profile and the actual animal themselves and where they can get to. So you've been doing that um, for thought. about five years, yep, wasn't it? Yeah, five, yeah, five years, yes. I'm in my sixth year now, 2000, yeah. Yeah, 2018. But I'm still, I mean, sectional times are a big part of it these days. And yep. um, I, I look at all the sectionals. I'd like to know when they accelerate and how much speed. Um, but their maidens are a bit different in that the horses are, because they're lightly racing, learning their craft, and the trainers are learning about them. It's it's a bit more talent identification and things like that. It's a bit more different to say doing the form on Flemington and Metros where everything's well exposed and you've got two or three, four or five preps. You, you know, everyone's got a good, a good grasp on those horses. So it is a little bit different um, how, I, how I look at things to say how guys doing Metro meetings and things like that would as well. Yeah. And over that five years, has, has your approach changed much or have you found that you're still getting results with your, uh, I guess, your, your tried and true methods? I'm sort of the first sort of three or four years are pretty pretty good. The market, you know, was there was still some good good days. Um, the market hadn't sort of, but everything's got a lot more sophisticated um, mm. these days. So I I reckon it's I've had to sort of I'm just looking at, you know, there was always that over that kept you going. Um, you yep. know, you catch that one one big price and the snow in and you get it. And then I find they're a lot more difficult these days with the early markets and the MBLs. And, and um, the, the, the syndicates and the, the, the models are a lot more sophisticated. They're getting better and better. So mm. I sort of come to the thing. I, you know, I want to be profitable at, at SP. So yep. what do I have to do? What do I have to do to be profitable at SP? And um, so I've been working on that a bit the last sort of six or twelve months. And that means more putting more betting late um, through Betfair and things like that. And um, so that that approach has changed. That um, so I'm more looking at um, you know you just use the black book horses and. Look for unlucky, mm. I said wide runs, unlucky runs, the rapid improvement. Now I'm sort of, I'm sort of focused in a little bit more on um, what the syndicates are looking for and and trying to be with them and you know the profile of horses and things like that. So yeah, a little, it's sort of 
trying to change as you, and adapt with the times, so to speak. Sure. Um, obviously, doing maidens, you uh, encounter a lot of first starters. Um, Correct. How do you? I guess that's it's an area a lot of people find find difficult. Um, how do you approach them? And uh, yeah, any uh, any I guess tips for people out there? Yeah, so it's, it's uh, unfortunately so it's the the cost of doing business and betting in the maidens is the mm. is the first starters and the, the unknown. Um, obviously, the, down in here in Victoria, we have this unofficial jump outs situation. I, th- I think it'd be a lot easier for me in New South Wales where everything has to publicly trial. Yep. Um, but I, I just put in mechanisms to to sort of combat that. As it so, I don't look at thousand metre races. Um, um, if I look at 1,100 metre races, I'd I need horses who've already had probably had a prep under their belt. Yep. Um, so I sort of got a handle on them. So I sort of bet in start start from 1,200 onwards. Um, I, um, it's, I mean, I, 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 I jump out a little 800 metre jump out on their home track doesn't give me a lot, but at least I can lay my eyes on them. Yeah. Um, but I, I, my first was I don't back first starters. I, I won't back at any first starter at all. Yep. So if I if I if I'm like there's one, I mean, there's one today. There's a Darren Weir first started today at Ballarat, drawn well, was a quarter of a million dollar yearling. I couldn't find yeah. a jump out. It's got the good jockey. You know, I've seen three of these win the last, you know, few meetings there. So mm. I'm very, very wary of that. So it's just all experience and things like that. Um, the betting tells a story too, obviously. Yeah. But um, so I'll, I'll, um, I'll just use. If I'm confident of my horse's ability, it'd it want to be a really good first starter to beat. This horse I want to back. I'm happy to take the risk, but um, but it's just yeah, it's just it's just trial and error, and knowing there's camps and what what distances they're kicking off in. Like you know, if they're kicking off at 1400 meter with first starters, well then there's a good opportunity you might be able to get a beat because it's a 2000 meter horse. So yeah. just putting all that into perspective and things like that. Mm. Yeah, it's really interesting that you so you only do Victoria, only doing maidens, and you you break it down to about. Um, well, you only bet on races of 1,200 metre or further, so it's quite a, mm. I guess, a niche niche place that you bet in. Uh, how many yep. races do you do you bet in a, a week on average? Uh, probably, probably be one to two a day, sort of six days yeah. a week, so somewhere around yep. ten, I suppose. So I'm really trying to pick the eyes out of it. I'm I'm sort of working on a on a lower turnover, higher margin sort of mm. model. It's just you know, I've tried up my turnover and. I, mean, I don't really like betting into the pointy end of the market and yep. things like that. Um, it's not real. I've tried it and it's not, it's, I don't have much success at it, trying to get my turnover up. So I've yep. just sort of, again, come back to what you're good at and it's just, you know, sort of in, into the, you know, some value in the middle of the market and, um, yeah, so, and then again, picking the eyes out of it. Now I might, you know, I said I might want to bet in that race today, but, you know, that Darren, we first starter and it's three to one in early markets. It's, it's just, mm. it's just an absolute red flag to me. So it's, that's okay. It's, it's it's Ballarat on a Thursday. Um, I can I can wait for a Tuesday tomorrow and other places on the weekend. So there's all there's plenty of races on. That's the beauty of it. Um, yep. So there's, there's still plenty. Of, no, I don't mind that. There's still plenty of races for me to bet on. Mm. But yeah, but I'm, I'm I'm sort of I'm picking the eyes out of it. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, who do you who do you bet with nowadays? Is it um, corporate bookmakers or Betfair? Um. So it's probably that's changed a lot. I used to do. Like I said, so three, four years ago, I used to do 100, 100%, you know, um, book nearly nothing on Betfair, nearly all corporate bookmakers, and probably 70% that into the early market. So mm. um, now, let's be 2000, towards the end of 2018, I'd be 
I'd be up to 50, 50% on Betfair, um, um, you know, 30% with the book, with the bookies sort of late in betting and 20, maybe 20% having a bet in the morning. So it's, it's yep. definitely changed a lot. Um, yeah, I really like, I, I really try and use the market intelligence these days because as I said, yep. it is so, 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 so sophisticated and I'd, I'd much rather be with them than against them or against mm-hmm. them. Um, I find I have a lot of success with them, you know, if it's, you know, it's 550 to 380 and, you know, I like it and they like it and, um, then it's, I find I've much better success with those horses winning than things I've, uh, maybe I'm taking five to one and they run nine dollars or something and, um, I'm having a yeah, bit of a guess. Yeah. So I'd sort of rather, I'd rather take a point or two under and have them with me or, you know, just wait for some market intelligence. So I find that beneficial. Um, yep. I love the anonymity of betting on Betfair. You know, yep. no one knows, no one knows what I'm doing. Yep. Um, not not playing into the you know corporate algorithms where I'm corporate bookmaker yep. algorithms or where where I'm very heavily profiled and you know I used to work for Sportsbet. I know how much they profile their customers. They know you know where they win, what percentage they win, how they're going for 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. Mm. Um, you know, so it's I'd, and then you know I, I'll, I'll have a bet there. I'll, you know, they'll bet me to win a thousand and it'll be five dollars into three fifty sort of thing. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm sort of trying to transition, as I said, towards more more SP, more using market intelligence, betting later. But um, yeah, so but as far as that, and then but the, the TAB is probably the one I really like betting with them. They bet me the fairest, they bet me the yeah. most of those sort of fixed price bookies. So um, be TAB and Betfair I'll probably get the majority of my business. Yeah. And yeah, what are the uh, what are the Betfair volumes like on the maidens? They're they're pretty good. They're um, they're um, like I said, it's 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 um, dependent on horses and things like that. I mean, it can be mm. quiet, but I was sitting there the other day and watched 50,000 get matched on a four-to-one chance and then took a maiden, you yeah, know, right. and then it got pushed out again. So whether that was owners betting and things like that, I don't know. But, you know, so, um, yeah, it's just obviously a bit ends on the scenario, but the, the volume seemed to be, be okay, particularly late, you know. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, there's no, if you want to bet early, obviously there's no liquidity isn't there, but um, definitely late. There's, there's good action late and... Um, as I said, that's that's the direction I'm trying to tra- head in and use that use that use that intelligence as well. Yeah, and you mentioned quickly you have you have at times looked at, at spreading your wings a bit. Is that anything that's on the horizon? Maybe looking at other jurisdictions, or you're just happy with doing what you're doing at the moment? No, the I've sort of had a look. I mean, I, a couple of years ago, I did sort of Western Australia and things like that. But um, mm. I have a really I've got a solid twenty year. 20 plus year grasp of sort of Victorian racing and the trainers and the jockeys and one thing is is really important is the tracks and all the intricacies we've got so many country and provincial tracks here and they've mm-hmm. all got their own intricacies and things like that which I've you know so I know what, what track are we on today right it's a leaders track um, no, it's a it's a run on track when you know which rains the rail goes off all that sort of when I suppose you down look at a meeting it's it sort of comes into my head um, the one yep. the one area I'm sort of I'm going to trying to which I think I can have some success. He's following, following the horses that I sort of tag in the maidens, and they might, if they win a maiden, then I can sort of follow them, sort of to a certain level, still in, in the provincials or up in, up in grade. Mm. It's sort of like putting them on, my, putting them on my team. I find, oh, you know, that horse pops up, okay, and then again, market intelligence. Oh, it's five fifty to three eighty, and oh, it was a good maiden winner two starts ago. Well, you know, um, yeah. I, I, yep. I, I think I'd have some success at that, and I sort of trialled that and. Yeah, so, um, yeah, the horses with characteristics that I like, and again, the market likes them and up in grade, well, I'm happy to play. So, yeah, so mm. I'm going to probably do a bit more of that, Mark, yeah. Yeah, good. 
Yeah, one, one thing we like to ask everyone is, um, do you have any thoughts on, I guess, where the racing industry is at in Australia and, and where it's going, or, or in Victoria, or particularly, if that's your focus? Yeah, more so Victoria. I see them having all sorts of issues in other states, particularly Queensland and whatnot, and mm. the, private, the, consum- the consumption tax is causing a bit of a ruckus and things like that. So just, just in Victoria, I think I think we're, we're, going, we're, we're going terrific down here. Yep. Um, I think the, gov- the government and the... Um, the racing bodies and the betting companies are all sort of working really, really well together. Yep. Um, yeah, so I think I think uh, there's a really good, really good feel. I mean, we're in the middle of spring carnival, of course, but there seems to be a really good feel about how, how Victorians, I think, how Victorian racing is trending, and then the good nature competition is with New South Wales is is terrific as well for you know to keep striving. Yeah. Um, as, far as, as far as the betting's going, I, I, I think um, you know I think the NBLs have. Been good. The market's a lot more sophisticated and a lot tougher than what it, what it has been. But the NBLs are good, so at least you know you can get on. And um, yep. you know, they, they, it's, it's yeah. I don't. I don't have any issues getting on or or um, you know with, with with the betting or anything like that. It is what it is. The marketplace it's continually changing. Um, but you just got to keep up with it. And yeah, I, th- I think racing's in a good place down here. Yeah, good. Yeah, and. Um Finally, again, one we, we ask most people, you're a, obviously a very experienced punter and someone who's been around the industry for a long time. Um, for those who are perhaps just starting out or, or more recreational punters at this stage, you got any major pieces of advice that might save them having to learn any lessons that, that you might have learnt, etc.? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's all, uh, it comes back to hard work. It was obviously a good base. You've got to, got to be able to yeah. do the work, but... I'd, I, if I was a recreational starting out, I'd sort of probably, you know, look look for a service that would suit a suit that sort of suit me, and then mm. educate myself off that sort of service. Yeah, right. So, or, or, or um, you know, it's all it's all about learning how and why and things like that. So, and edu- training your eye, and so I mean, um, so a service, you know, you'll find a service you like, and he, he tips a horse and it wins. We'll go back and look at the videos and say, I wonder why he tipped it. You know, the, the videos yeah. are all out there. Or the racing.com, the videos are there, the sectional times are there, um, and and just sort of edu- you know, just train yourself and okay, he's probably it's really hit the line really hard at stuff before. That's why he liked it, and maybe those are the horses I should be looking for, or or or, or it shows good speed and lead, and it's tough. Um, so I just yeah, it's it's a it's a constant learning. It's it's being a sponge. I mean, I'm still you know, learn things every day. It's just you know, yeah. every day is something new and pick up and it's yeah, so I just. My advice when I went to work for Mark Reed, someone said, "Just be a sponge, be a yep. sponge, learn as much as you can." So, and there's a lot of great information out there. There's a lot of people happy to put out educational things. So, um, be a sponge. But yeah, I think what's you know, I'm, a, I'm a video watcher. That's that's basically um, that's my core. So I love the videos, and you sit there and watch you know race videos and and have a look at things and horses, you know how they finish off. And um, yeah, I'd be. One, yeah, one thing I'd look for is, is if, I, if, you say, if you're looking at a video, look for a horse's strength. Look for strength. Yeah. Um, our, our number one trainer, that's what he trains. His base of his training is to have his horses strong late. Um, yeah. Darren Weir I'm talking about. You know, that's, you know, and if he's, he's training all the winners, I mean, that's a pretty good place to start. So, um, yeah, that's, that's sort of the piece of advice I could give, Mark. Yeah, great. Well, uh, thanks for that. So, good to have a chat with a, a punter, but also one that has... Perhaps a little bit of a different approach to um, to many others that we've spoken to. So, thanks for your time today, Dan. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll chat again soon. Yeah, my pleasure, Mark. Thanks. So thanks everybody for listening to today's episode of the Winning Edge podcast. 
Hopefully you got something out of it. Uh, if so, you can subscribe to the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes and you won't miss an episode. And if you've got any questions at all, you'll find Winning Edge Investments on Twitter or Facebook or you can head to winningedgeinvestments.com and you can get in touch with us there. Uh, we've got a big team of professional punters and analysts who study the form and bet for a living. So head over to the website and see what they've got to offer or if you just want to get in touch for a chat about punting. So until next time, I'm Mark Haywood. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.